Hello, my podcast family, and welcome to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we look at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. Today, we find ourselves in Psalm 137. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Besides the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept as we thought of Jerusalem. We put away our harps, hanging them on the branches of the poplar trees. For our captors demanded a song from us. Our tormentors insisted on a joyful hymn. Sing us one of those songs from Jerusalem. But how can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a pagan land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget how to play the harp. May my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth. If I fail to remember you, if I do not make Jerusalem my greatest joy. O Lord, remember what the Edomites did on the day the armies of Babylon captured Jerusalem. Destroy it, they yelled. Level it to the ground. O Babylon, you will be destroyed. Happy is the one who pays you back for what you have done to us. Happy is the one who takes your babies and smashes them against the rocks. Hmm. Today, we have what can be classified as a rather dark dark psalm don't you think and it can be hard to read especially if you're a parent that last verse right the ending where our own unknown psalmist is asking God to do a pretty dark and evil thing to the children of their enemies the psalmist is lamenting and that's what this psalm is he's lamenting over Jerusalem's destruction or the Israelites um, exile from Jerusalem We don't know whether the psalm was written um, due to the Babylonian exile or to the Assyrian capture, but I think it's safe to say that it was written somewhere between the two. For me, this would be a good psalm to return to during Black History Month here in America because I can't help but think about my African ancestors who were brought here and how they must have lamented over the loss of their freedom, of their land, right? The freedom of... They lamented over the loss of their freedom. They lamented over their land, lamented over their relatives, their culture, and once again, just ultimately the freedom that they had lost because now they were in chains. I can imagine them being summoned as the Israelites were here to sing, to entertain the oppressors, to do it with joy. It is not, I find it amazing how those who are in power want to be entertained by those who they've captured, to sing for them, to sing as if everything is okay, to forget that they have been uprooted from where they have, what they've known, brought by force to an unknown place and forced to sing and to pretend that everything is now okay. That's delusional in my book. A delusion on behalf of the oppressors who force themselves to hide behind what they've done. To believe that they somehow have elevated those whom they have captured to a higher state. Right? And I think this is dangerous. It's a dangerous thought process because it justifies evil, terror, and misbehavior. And so we can understand the heartache of the psalmist, right? Can you hear it in his voice as he cries out for his homeland? And we can almost side with him wanting to destroy those who have done this evil. 
but this does not agree with what our Savior taught us in Matthew 5, 38, and 38 through 40, where Jesus instructs us not to seek an eye for an eye. And he goes on further in that same chapter, verses 44 through 48, where he tells us to love our neighbors. Ouch. That seems crazy, doesn't it? Hmm. Does it, how, that, that we are to love those who are intentionally unkind to us, who have captured us, who have tried to destroy our lives, why would God want us to love them? Well, first, because in loving our enemies, we we release the toxic effect that unforgiveness can have on us. Ooh, there's that word again, unforgive or forgiveness, I should say. Our loving our enemy suggests that we have forgiven them because love and unforgiveness really can't coexist. And we've touched on this before. Forgiving them does not mean that we agree with what they have done or that we are okay with what they've done. It means that we will now, we will not allow that which they have done to interfere with our lives, that we release that that we move on, we try to build a new life. It also means that we trust God to take care of the matter, which is why God wants us to love our enemies. Loving our enemies demonstrates to God that we are trusting in him. We're trusting in him to be the God of his word who stated that he will work everything out for our good, right? That he is the God who declared that he will execute vengeance. That's what his word says. And if we believe this, then we can love our enemies because we know that ultimately they will have to answer to God for their behavior. What are you lamenting over today? Is it a relationship with someone whom you thought would never hurt you? Do you want God to destroy them? Are you lamenting over the state of your loved one? And you can't see anything good that can come out of this caregiving season. What are you lamenting over? Over a lost dream, perhaps? We all have things that we can lament over. Because let's face it, life is hard, right? (laughs) And lamenting is a good thing because it allows us to voice, give a voice to the pain, to our pain and our suffering. Yet in our lamenting, we are not to wish ill on others. And if we really analyze this psalm and we know our biblical history, right? We are reminded that the Israelite Israelites are suffering because of their actions. They're suffering the consequences of them turning away from God. Yet they want their enemies to be destroyed when they had the power to forego this circumstance, this, this suffering. God told them through Moses that they would turn away from him. He sent his prophets to warn them. And guess what? We have the same warning, not through prophets, but through the Holy Spirit, who warns us when we are going against God. And guess what? When we grieve the Holy Spirit, or in other words, ignore him, then we suffer the consequences of straying from God's will. 
God has great plans for you, great plans for me. However, walking in that plan is up to us. Psalm 37 says that God orders the steps of the good, the good man, the good woman, that they delight in God, and that even though they fall, they will not be forsaken. The good are the people who trust in God, who seek his counsel. We won't always get everything perfect, but as long as we continue to go to him. And that's our good news for today. And it was good news for the Israelites. They fell, but God brought them out of their suffering, even though they brought it on themselves. He did vindicate them amongst their enemies. David tells us that God prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. And that's another way of saying that God vindicates us in front of our enemies. God will make things right. God will bring good out of calamity. Today, let us be grateful that we serve a God who allows us, who allows us to love him and allows us to fall at times. A God that does not forsake us. A God that although we may suffer the consequences of destructive behavior, he doesn't allow us to suffer forever. And he doesn't allow us to suffer alone. He's always with us. A God who gives us multiple opportunities to turn and to run back to him. Dear one, if you're lamenting, I pray that you do not wish ill on others. Instead, ask God to help you to forgive Ask God to help you to trust him. Are you trusting him through this season of caregiving? This season of divorce, perhaps? Or this season of unemployment? Whatever you're going through, whatever you're lamenting, trust God. Trust him today. And allow him to work things out for your good. Let's pray. We thank you, Holy and Heavenly Father, for being a God who loves us. We thank you for being a God who will never leave us and forsake us. And we thank you for being a God that loves us to the point where you do allow us to suffer some of the consequences to our misbehavior in order to show us that we can do better. Allow us to allowing us to experience perhaps the bitter, the bitter taste of a life without you, a life that would be crazy without you. But you never give us more than we can bear, and so we come to you asking you to help us to search our hearts, to re- reveal any place in us where we have strayed, where we have been disobedient where we have not adhered to what you have told us to do. And when you bring that to our memory, help us to repent of that. Because we want to be the good people whose steps are ordered. We want to always be in your will. But thank you for always providing, not alternatives, but knowing that we are a frail people, that we will fall and that we will stumble. Thank you that your love encompasses that. That we don't catch you by surprise. Help us as we go through whatever season it is of lamenting. Lamenting caring for our loved one. Lamenting divorce. 
unemployment, other broken relationships. Help us to know that you are still working things out for our good. We love you. Help us to trust you more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, my podcast family, I know this was a rather heavy psalm today, but it's for our good. So chew on it throughout the day, and I'll see you tomorrow. Now go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. Bye.